I'm Kel. And today we have a very special guest. Our good friend Brandon is with us here today. Uh, he goes by at Nugu Reads on Instagram. Uh, pleasure to have you, Brandon. Thank you guys for having me today. Yes, we will be discussing a recommendation brought to us by him when no one is watching by Alyssa Cole. Uh, before we get started, we'd like you to uh, ask you guys to check out our Instagram and our TikTok um, at Read a Couple of Books. And be sure to, you know, give us a follow to stay updated with all the news and current events that we're doing. Uh, we're very active on uh, Instagram and TikTok. So, yeah, make sure to do that. Uh, before we start talking about the book, we're going to have to issue a trigger warning. Uh, we will be discussing issues of uh, murder. Uh, anything else? Racism. Racism. And... Nothing else, really. Um, just uh, some violence and um, an explicit scene, but nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um... So, who wants to get started? Uh, one, wait, wait. Spoiler alert. There we I go. Guess. <laughs> Spoiler alert without saying. How all right. could we forget? Yes. All right. So, uh, let's get started. Let's start with you, B. What do you think about the book? So, I actually really enjoyed the book. Uh, for people out there who are interested in reading it, it is a filler, but it doesn't start off that way. So, it's more like just a regular fiction drama. Does it get to the filler to the third act, which I was fine with. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I overall, I really like the book. That's good, yeah. I mean, you, you gave it high remarks. You you really, you know, convinced us to read it, too. <laughs> Did you have any favorite characters um, out of the bunch? Or? The male lead, Theo. I yeah. don't know why. I feel like he was probably the most relatable person in, in throughout the book. Yeah, I would... I mean, he is very relatable. Like, he's like a very average Joe, but in a good way. Right, right. Uh, what yeah. about you, P? What'd you think? Um, so, I was expecting, I think, a different novel than what I picked up when I saw it, because the cover seemed... Um, very like typical thriller you have like that ominous looking type uh scenery and then when it started off I thought of it more as like a fiction book and um almost in some ways like a romance and then uh but what I did enjoy about the the development of the novel was hearing like the backstory of Brooklyn when they were doing their research and things of that nature so I enjoyed that part a lot, but I just wasn't expecting to be reading about that because it was portrayed to be a thriller. Right. So that's where it kind of caught me off guard. What about you, Kel? What'd you think? Um, yeah, um, I would agree with both of you. Um, I liked it a lot. Uh, very interesting. I think that whole historical approach to Brooklyn was really interesting. Um, and yeah, I was also expecting like something like a, you know, a thriller where something was going to happen at a given point. It was going to really pick up. But essentially, this was more of a slow burn. Um, which I actually do appreciate. I do like those. So it was a good change of pace from a uh, couple of thriller, thrillers that we've read so far on this show. Um, but, uh, yeah, I liked it. Uh, anything else you'd uh, want to add? or? Um, I guess uh, for a favorite character of mine, I guess I would agree. I'd be between, like, Sydney and Theo. Uh, they both were pretty relatable characters. I think they both had struggles that they went through and uh, came out stronger at the end. Mm. So I think they were both, like, developed pretty well. Right. To a certain degree, um, I think we saw more of a transformation, obviously, in Theo as he changed and learned more things and developed into like a more uh, aware person. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I would say probably Theo is a standout in character development. Sydney, uh, we see her go through this like go, I guess, become more aware of her setting right. and uh, more in tune with herself. So I guess that was also a development. Like she broke up with 
she divorced, I guess, uh, Marcus. Right. And so she goes through her own kind of self-transformation on her own. Right. But I don't think it was as intense as Theo's. Mm. What about you? Did you have a favorite character? Uh, it was also kind of uh, a mix between Theo and Sydney. They were both really well-written. I do like the amount of time we spent with both of them. And I think the bouncing between the two perspectives... Uh, at first, I didn't even know that it was doing that. Mm. Like, throughout the first three chapters, I think. I thought it was all Sydney's perspective. Right. Um, yes. At but first, that's... Yeah. It was perceived that it was going to be that way. Yeah. I mean, it was... That was just a fault on my end, but um, that being said, it did help progress the story along nicely. I think um, it was cool hearing just the contrast and the way that they perceive things, and the when the way like it kind of just comes together. So, yeah. What about you, B? Is, is there any standout things you want to talk about in particular with the book? Things. Think so. <laughs> Let's talk about like the story. Uh, what did you think? Let's start from like beginning to end, like. I really like the story, honestly. I like that this was... This is, like, a real issue that goes on, especially in Brooklyn. Right. Like, and, of course, like, every people out there will probably think it's propaganda. But, honestly, this is a real... A real issue that is going on and... Yeah. That people do need to see. Right. Of course, not the version... The way this book was doing it. No, of course. This is but, much more heightened. But, yeah. But I think it's it's almost metaphorical, I guess, to a degree. Mm-hmm. But, but the, like you said, the issues it does talk about. Right. It's um, true. I think gentrification has been uh, a prevalent issue for many years now. A lot of developers keep coming in and taking away people's homes. And it just keeps driving up costs of taxes and just uh, the living well, yeah. of every place. And it's just impossible to keep up. So, essentially, people are forced out of their homes in this way. And it's not right. And it's... Um, you know, it should it should be illegal. People should not be able to take over like this and essentially create like a more upper class uh, type of society in every neighborhood because then you know everything is just the same and it's not supposed to be that way. People are supposed to have the freedom of uh, living where they've been. Right. So. Right. Well, yeah, I think it's interesting that it addresses that issue of like uh, what happens to the people who get pushed out. Right. That's the whole basis of the story. And I think that was the whole, I guess, theme throughout the entire book, clearly, because of the whole, you know, when we go deeper into it, the whole conspiracy with the realtors and Tech and everything. But I think it was an interesting way that the author, Alyssa Cole, kind of rooted her uh, almost like mythology or like world building mm. into like real world, like gentrification and social issues. Interesting melding. I don't think I've really read anything like that so far. And I think that's why this was a particularly like standout book to me. Because I enjoyed it very much. Um, I know that she only she's written mostly just romance books. Yeah. Um, so, is this her first thriller? This is her first thriller. This yeah, all, she's normally a romance writer. This is her first thriller. Mm-hmm. I think this is her first non-romance book, honestly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and considering that, I think even compared to the other thrillers we've read so far for this podcast, um, I think she she has a really strong first thriller novel. Um, there's a lot to take out of it and you know yeah it could be heightened in, in parts and it gets kind of crazy but I think the it does talk about really specific and, and uh, you know just social issue, issues that should be addressed which is interesting and it brings up good conversation right um, what else can we uh, say um, so what so I, sorry so this is what I thought of the book in its entirety mm-hmm. I think it should have for a thriller I think there are a couple things that I look for for me, I want to be able to figure it out and not be given like blatant clues in that sense that um, I feel like this book did when I think I heard, when I read that like the first two people went missing, I kind of already knew what was happening because I think it was easier to figure out than like 
okay, a bunch of white people are moving into this neighborhood, the black people are going missing, and they're being kind of pushed out by right. force. Right, right. So, at that point, I kind of figured that this had to do with Kim going to the Hamptons because she just up and left. Mm -hmm. And then also all this stuff started happening once the white people moved in. Not that it hasn't been happening in other places, but specifically for this neighborhood, why would so many people just up and leave if they've lived there, you know, their whole lives? It just didn't make sense. So you're saying that was too obvious for you? For me, it was a little too obvious. In terms of it being a thriller, you kind of guessed early? Exactly. Even though, like, the beginning wasn't written as a thriller, I feel like the subtle hints that were dropped um, were a little too obvious. And I think maybe that's what kind of took away for me, was that the fact that it wasn't written as a thriller. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, we have, like, these kind of blatant clues that are being dropped, so... It was too easy for you to figure out what you're saying. Like, you it, figured out early, predicted it. Exactly, exactly. Right. Uh, do you guys feel this way too, or did you feel differently about it? What do you think, B? So, I, I see what she's saying, actually, honestly. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of clues were very blatant. Uh, it was very obvious, yes, clearly... The white people coming in and taking the black people. That was very obvious. I, I I wouldn't say it was obvious what they were taking them for. Yeah, that was kind of like uh, up in the air. That was some craziness. But it was it was very obvious that it was like, okay, the, these British people are coming in, straight up taking, possibly killing these right. black people right. and taking them from their homes. Right. It, it was very obvious from the from the first page. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe it's purposely done that way. I guess. The thing is, um, we have to understand that this book is more of a slow burn. So I guess the nature of that type of story, because it's going to take a while to for something to pick up, by nature, you kind of have to throw in those hints. Otherwise, it would just be a book about nothing. So um, I did enjoy that aspect because, I, you know, I, I am a fan of slow burn type of things like movies, like slow burn thrillers, I think uh, can be really interesting when done correctly. And I think that she did it relatively well. Um... It, 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 I don't know if there's enough time spent at the end because it does feel like there's so much build up and there definitely is a payoff but maybe a little too quickly mm. um, what did you guys think about like this whole I guess the ultimate reveal of the story um, so if we're gonna talk about the ultimate reveal I think it's important to also discuss what happened during the rest of the book Sure. so during the rest of the book I feel like it, it, it didn't really build up like a typical thriller or book does we get to that like climax point right before everything takes off. We are encountered with this home invasion who is uh, sent by Theo's ex Kim to murder Sydney and him to get rid of them and continue with this grand scheme that they had. And uh, instead, the guy is killed and then after that everything is just set in motion. There's the blackout which was I guess reflective of uh, something that's happened in the past in that neighborhood right. and... Uh, I thought that was cleverly done, but I think that 75% of the book was just so focused on building this, like, history and relationship between her and Theo right. that I think a lot was missed for actually building the thriller in this. Mm -hmm. So, and for me, what I, I guess I didn't really enjoy was the fact that the end seemed so explosive in the sense that I just, it was so unrealistic. It seemed almost out of, like, an action movie you'd see this happening. Right. Because realistically, you wouldn't have this happen. There would be security, there would be armed, and... Right. It would not happen. Right. Uh, yeah. So, to me, it seemed almost a little too, like, cartoonish. Because if you have these, like, extremely powerful, wealthy people 
you would think that they have like crazy protection right around. that's and true exactly it was just so easy mm. to get in right yeah. and access this information and it was just um it just seemed like there was a few a few things that were left uh like to be desired mm-hmm. i think it just it could have just been done you're a saying like better. tonally which i agree i think there's a shift in tone in that last act of the book where we go from like a slow burn and it's realistic but then suddenly we're in this underground facility with uh experiments and city. what, what was raccoon that? city raccoon city <laughs> yeah exactly um so i do agree that there is that contrast in tone which definitely threw me off i almost prefer like i like the way it played out but i almost prefer prefer well i would have preferred i think if it had stayed more grounded because the issues it talks about are real so i think that contrast with that ending uh, it's good but I, I think it almost, like you said, almost loses its point when it becomes, like, it jumps the shark, basically. Um, what did you think about the progression of the story? Yeah, first of all, I want to point out something Pete just said. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize they just walked into the facility. You yeah, they that? really did kind of just I didn't do even, it. I didn't notice that. I'm like, wow, they just walked in. How did they just walk in? That's the thing. It was it, That almost felt like an afterthought. It was a little too convenient for mm-hmm. them because the story had been built up so much that they had to get in there at some point. Yeah. Like, how much of the story left can we, you know, spend talking about this build up. Another um, thing I'll talk about Starburns. I do pref- I do like Starburns. Like I I've watched a lot of Starburn movies, yeah. both horror and thriller. Yeah. And th- the only thing I was I would say about this one, I did like that. I don't say I did like the explosive ending. Mm-hmm. I thought it was it was it was crazy and kind of unbelievable that was kind of about it. Right. The only thing I would say, like, it happened very quickly. Yeah, I mean, it was satisfying when yeah, they started like, getting them. But. It should have been a little longer, or maybe happened a little earlier. That's yeah, my thing. I almost wish that the punishment for, like, the people who were in control was more than just them simply getting killed, because it's almost too easy of an outing. If we're talking about such, like, these the people who are behind these issues of race and redlining and preventing the lower classes from, like, being able to live comfortably... Um, I almost wish that they had met, like, a worse fate. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of, like, you know, a lot a lot to be left desired, I guess, in that sense. Yeah, I mean, the sense of logic here really, I think, comes into play for me. Because if they have all of, like, the news outlets and the police and the government on their side, then why... Why, why... just not go in all at, like, all at once, you mean? Exactly. Why, why meticulously plan, like, kicking out every single person in the neighborhood and then taking over? I just think there was a few details that could have been polished a little more and maybe touched upon um, in a more detailed way because I think I, I would have appreciated the fact that like if we wrapped up some loose ends that like about how this actually started like what what was yeah, this? I mean I know they do go into there's a brief section uh, it's kind of this thing that comes up early <clears throat> in the book and then it repeats uh, briefly later when she starts talking to Theo again about like the history of uh brooklyn with the dutch uh something about yeah. the guy's name like every hundred years like there's this shift in uh, political power where there's new laws that are implemented to prevent black people and minorities uh from owning land to make it harder for them to climb up the social ladder um so i guess there's that sort of historical explanation which is obviously rooted in truth but um uh i, I think it's a little too convenient to explain an entire companies and entire like institutions goals of just taking over um i I do wish it was a little more explained for like yeah we get the historical meaning but i wish we kind of got more of like the present meaning like what do they want to do yeah they want i guess a white rich society but it seemed a little too simplistic they did seem like a little bit like cartoony like the big bad guys working underground (laughs) kidnapping people drugging them and experimenting 
um, almost seemed like very mad scientisty. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So that's where I kind of feel like that aspect was a little weak. But I did like, like I like that sort of, uh, you know, aspect of it though. Right. But um, uh, who else can we talk about? I mean, the the focus really is a lot on Sydney and Theo. Yeah. Everyone else really like there are a lot of neighbors and a lot of other characters, but we really don't get a lot of exploration into them as much. It really is deeply focused on these two so i would say that you get the most out of these two um anyone else stick out to you i mean the only one that stuck out was um mr perkins perkins yeah mm-hmm. so i felt like he's the, he was the only one that because they themselves sydney theo kind of really focused on too right i guess they just like really loved him because he was just that neighborly older person that everyone just loves right like who would who would touch him yeah but i mean anyways, be no who <laughs> right um i guess we could also talk about kim because she played mm. i guess a pivotal role in the book even though i guess she was like behind the scenes for a lot of it i mean we saw that's her true yeah in the beginning when she was you know being horrible towards sydney for no reason and we saw that fact that like she had this ridiculous privilege and she was just um just a bad person not somebody i would want to interact with and then you know turns out her and her father are behind this whole ridiculous right. uh, scheme. So I think, uh, like if we're comparing Sydney and Kim, like their experiences of uh, like her coming from extreme wealth and privilege and being white, and then we have Sydney who has uh, essentially struggled to kind of stay where she is and. Um, you know, she knows that, like, speaking out against cops and doing certain things will only propel her to get in trouble. Right. And here is Kim trying to start a fight. Right, exactly. With her. Exactly. And get a reaction out of her so that can happen to Sydney. Right. Um, I believe, like, those two characters are such polar opposites. And I think it's really interesting how the, uh, the author kind of uh, created that dynamic between them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. I, I, that's another thing I have to mention, too. The writing in this, I think, was, was very good. I think... Um, you were just talking about Kim P. Um, she's not in it much, but I do hate her character. Yeah, she's she's terrible. But that's that's a credit to the author because I think she did write really convincing people, and um, I think that's also why I was so emotionally invested uh, in Sydney and Theo and their relationship as well. And for me, at least, um, even though it's in a short time span, because I know that's what you were talking about, P. Earlier, um, I feel like their progression of their relationship uh, feels natural. It felt natural to me. Uh, I like the way that they, she's kind of like mistrusting or, you know, she doesn't trust him much in the beginning and, you know, rightfully so. And he turns out to be, you know, he's a good guy. He, he's, he's white, but he's not on the side of, even though he's dating or he dated Kim, who's literally a part of like this cult almost. Um, he, he's not like that. He's just, a, he's a real person who he's not racist. He's just maybe some, a bit ignorant, but he wants to help people and he goes all in with, uh, Sydney. So no, I really like Theo honestly, and on oh, that scene with Kim and Sydney, that bothered me so much. Just because I've seen this happen in real life, yeah. And she's Kim's a Karen. Let's be honest. Like she's just oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. She's such a Karen. Yeah. I think um, we see all these like white women uh, now, especially because of social media, mm-hmm. they get exposed, and it's like they still want to play the victim, mm-hmm. and it's just ridiculous. I mean. They need to be held accountable for their behavior, and it's like, uh, when, during these last scenes, when, um, they went in and they were kind of killing these people because they were, you know, 
experimenting on these people and right. doing horrible things to them. Right. And then you see them begging for mercy, saying, I have a family, I have a right. husband, I have kids. Right. But then why weren't you th- thinking of that before? You know, when you, were, when you were doing that to other people, why do you deserve to uh, get off the hook for for doing these things? Right. But other people... Right. That's right. Exactly. And they're in power. They're the ones mm-hmm. who are in power. So they're they, And they want to keep their power, you know. Yeah. They're essentially just being racist and saying, well, we can experiment on these people because they're black. Ex- right. No. So why can't you get shot because you're white? Like, right. it just makes right, no right. sense. It, it starts to cross a boundary word. I think it needs, there needs to be a distinction between um, just because you're white doesn't mean you're protected. Your race has nothing to do with it anymore. Like, sure, at, I think, a certain degree, like, people were... Uh, obviously we've seen so many people who have abused their white privilege and they have um, acted in ways that is completely unacceptable and they should be held accountable for their actions and now that we've seen uh, different things with social media and uh, the I guess the exposure of right. these people it's it's just more awareness well yeah point. sheds light on the issue and, and it's like you can't you have to like this book takes it to an extreme but you almost need to same thing when we read Black Buck um you know you kind of have to almost look at it from an extreme to like it does seem insane but that's the reality of it it's, it's, maybe it's a little heightened but you need to get the point across this book does it too I think it does it well um like the way that it's only really briefly touched upon but it's implied you know that these uh the, like Kim and her father and everyone else who was involved in this Tech conspiracy they kind of control the police too and it, um there's a scene where the garden where they're dismantling mm. it they come in and they take it and that's a terrible scene it's heart-wrenching oh, God, it was- because you know there's all that emotional weight where sydney has that connection to it right and she knows she can't do anything because first of all this is a a, a man um he can have more physical power over her second of all she is surrounded by white men and two cops exactly the two cops and they're all white and who's going to get in trouble? Her. They will simply throw her in jail or uh, abuse her right. because they can, because they think they can. And so she does what she thinks is right and backs out of that situation for the time being. But what else is she supposed to do? Risk her right. entire life? Well, uh, she's given no choice. The same thing happened when she went into that uh, new bodega with that white guy who runs it. And he was, he was trying so hard. Uh, that was hard. rough. That was a rough scene. I hated that so much. so hard to get a reaction out of her. But she knew what would happen if she did. Well, that's the thing. You'd call the cops, you'd get arrested, and that's what would happen. And, I mean, scenes like this are supposed to make your blood boil. It's supposed to get you mad. It's supposed to get you angry. Because this is the reality of a lot of situations that people face. Right. So, the only way it's going to change is if people are more aware of it. And, unfortunately, I think a lot of white people are not aware of their privilege. Like, you go into a store as a white person, and that you're not looked at. You're not um, told by your manager, oh, make sure you keep an eye on that one. Like, it's it's not even a thing. But there's so many people, especially black people, who are targeted for the same things that, like, no one else would be. So if you go to the supermarket to buy milk, instead, they're keeping an eye on them. Right. For what? Right. It's ridiculous. Well, kind of ties into, like, well, I'll bring up the book we read last uh, episode, um, Such a Fun Age, where that's what that book starts with, is, is a scene where uh, the black lead uh, female is babysitting uh, the kid that she takes care of. She goes to a store on request of the parents, and uh, it winds up becoming a whole thing where this lady is suspicious of her because she's with a white child, um, and then it blows up into this whole thing 
and that propels us to that story. But, you know, we won't get into that one because we already talked about it. But, you know, that's something, it happens all too often. Um, and it's a shame, you know? It's, right. it's very sad, but it's the reality. But I think when, in the context of this story in this book that we're talking about, um, it, it's, it's heartbreaking because um, you have so many instances with Sydney where she has an interaction with the police or someone who's white and something bad is happening to her. And she's basically so defeated because she knows throughout her entire lifetime that it's not in her favor and she can't do anything. So I think that's what makes the ending as satisfying as it is because, mm. I mean, I was so surprised when she just almost indiscriminately she just starts pulling the trigger i wasn't surprised at that that's a lot of built-up rage <laughs> that's the thing oh, yeah. it is they a lot of built-up rage that's what I makes mean, it so no satisfying <laughs> it's like those are those are like you know in any movie or, or book like you have a villain who uh is established and they're there and you know they, they're mocking the uh, protagonist or they're you know antagonizing them and i think it's also important to acknowledge that these books aren't written as like anti-white type of books yeah. no they're not of course not because i've seen like a lot of reviews that were saying that like before I read this I'm like oh it's so anti-right like not all white people are bad I'm like it's not saying that but it is saying there are privileged people out here who do think and act this way and it's true being someone who looks like me in my neighborhood right. I've gotten stares I literally have gotten people who grab their kids at home and close right it happens right this, like pretty much every, except for the ending the stuff that happens to poor Sydney is very realistic on a weekly basis oh absolutely 100%. Right. And I think um, for those people who still don't understand, like, the extremity of these issues, why there are protests and why people are marching for for these issues, for Black Lives Matter, because they have not been acknowledged the same way that a white person has. Right. A white person has had the privilege in essentially everywhere. It's not even in America, but, like, internationally, white people have the privilege of just being white well and they have being... they own the institutions they're the ones who make exactly. majority they're the majority of the people who run these institutions that's what Tech kind of represents they're this elite group of run by uh essentially just mostly white people and they're the ones who just exercise power through government through the police through just any means necessary basically um right and we've seen the development of uh changing changing the voice of mm-hmm. having more uh people of color in office and in right. powerful positions and, and now including the LGBT uh, QIA plus community in that too because change is important and until I think you push it in some people's faces they just don't get it Right. and sometimes that's what needs to be done you gotta really pound it into them until they understand what what they're not acknowledging right Right. so uh, overall what would you guys rate this book uh, what about you Bren what do you think so I'm a cost between a four and a four and a half the only reason why is because of how long that slow burn was. was mm-hmm. Because it could have... Like I said, I like slow burn stuff, but it still could have been shortened. Right. So I, I'm just cross between a four and a four and a half. Okay. Um, for me, it's a, I would say a four. Uh, I, I really like this book a lot. It's really well written. And I think it, um, Alyssa Cole, this being her first thriller, like I was saying earlier, she's written mostly romance. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a very good start for a thriller. I think um, she really understands, like, writing. She likes just how to write characters. Like, they're very human. They're realistic. They're easy to relate to. And she's really good at world building. I liked the whole backstory of Brooklyn and the way it works into the, you know, the situation with Tech and these myths about, like, clowns and vans and that kind of stuff. It, it makes you think about all these different things. And she also melds all these... Uh, themes together with social issues too which i think is fascinating 
So yeah, I would say a four because uh, it was a little too slow and stretched out and the ending was great, but I wish that there was more of that. Yeah, more exploration of that. Um, what about you, P? Um, I give it like a 3.8. I think there was um, too much buildup. I, I was really expecting like a thriller. And for me, a thriller is supposed to capture my attention and uh, keep me keep me guessing till the end. Mm-hmm. I think I found everything out too fast. I was able to kind of solve what was going down. And after that, I kind of just um, wasn't... Not that I wasn't interested, but then I wanted to almost just read more about like uh the backstory then i I wasn't really looking forward to reading about like the thriller aspect i kind of just wanted her to continue writing about um like the tour and like right i see what you're saying and give the tour maybe and like be more engaged with that then because then for me it became almost just like like a regular fiction book i found it really interesting and i enjoy fiction books so i think if if she took that course too i would have still liked it uh but the way it went for me at the end i think it was just a little too action-packed to to the point where it may have been a little unrealistic Mm -hmm. so for that i would say i'd give it that rating but overall i enjoyed the book i thought it was really well written she's a great author and i'm looking forward to reading other stuff from her too absolutely yeah um anything else you guys want to say any last thoughts before we finish the episode So before we end our podcast, I wanted to uh, announce our next book for our podcast, which will be airing on March 22nd. It is going to be on the book called The Henna Artist by Elka Joshi. Super excited to read this one. It's been on my bookshelf for a while, and I've heard great things about it. Yep, uh, I'm looking forward to it as well. And um, before we finish, uh, Brandon, is there anything else you would like to plug in? Your Instagram? Sure, okay, guys. My Instagram is at nugu underscore reads nugu's n-o-o-g-o-o underscore reads thank you so much brandon for being on our episode we had such a great time talking to you and um maybe in the future we could do another one together that'd be awesome i would be happy for that uh so before we close off we'd like to uh ask you guys to look at our instagram and our tiktok at read a couple of books and uh check us out on there we're always posting a lot of great content and um to stay up to date with what's going on all right stay healthy stay safe and read a couple books bye bye bye